The fight for Ukrainian identity is still ongoing. But not only within Ukraine, and also outside its borders. And while some may think that war is mostly about men, many Ukrainian women have joined the armed forces. But the vast majority of them have found themselves in safer conditions uh, and uh, they have worked quite hard to promote justice, expose Russian narratives and help others find new passion in life and fight disinformation. The Solutions from Ukraine podcast is brought to you by Rubrica Media Outlet. My name is Vladislav Faraponov, I'm the co-host of this podcast. And before we start, let me remind you that you can support us at Patreon at patreon.com slash rubrica. After you join us at Patreon, you will be able to send us questions that we address in the podcast and also you can get uh, merch with Solutions and Ukraine, of course. And let me introduce Anastasia Rudenko, Rubrica's chief editor. Hello, Vlad. Hello, our listeners. Today's topic was chosen by me, if you really wonder. But uh, joking aside, it, it is an, an important topic. And today we will announce also some changes to our podcast approach. So stay tuned uh, by the end of the episode. Yes, a lot of news uh, and absolutely important. We will tell you three cases about Ukrainian women abroad and solutions that they managed to find. Because there are good stories to share today. And I really believe that we can scale up such examples and um, multiply these solutions. Let's discuss the importance of these activities. Uh, we will start uh, with the, the activities that we learned about Anastasia Sinhayevska, who is the creator of the Czech Ukrainian initiative uh, called The Voice of Ukraine. And also she is now the representative of the Ukrainian Center for Security and Cooperation in the Czech Republic. So she was in Ukraine when the full-scale war of Russia against Ukraine have started. And uh, she lived in uh, Zhytomyr, basically the city close enough to Kyiv. Uh, and, um, and just for you to understand, the way between uh, Zhytomyr and Kyiv uh, was basically one of the most active in terms of, uh, in terms of Russian attempts to get to Kyiv. So kind of she was really at the heart of it. So uh, she basically ended up in the Czech Republic and uh, she said it was quite hard for her to accept that uh, uh, like she was in safety uh, while people in Ukraine were under attacks uh, and, um, and stuff like that. And um, obviously she wished she could influence the course of events uh, like in, in Ukraine. And she uh, recalled, uh, like, uh, like finding a message on Facebook that uh, some some teacher assistants uh, uh, are needed to help Ukrainian children uh, learn the the Czech language, and uh, she went on an interview with just a basic understanding of the language, and uh, then she started kind of volunteering with children. Uh, so she basically started uh, kind of working with kids uh, in uh, third and uh, and then uh, at uh, at fifth grade uh, and uh, her 
Czech language skills were improving through special courses she was taking. Yes, uh, she told Rubrika that she started joining stress protests and formed a Czech-Ukrainian initiative. But noting that they also had uh, a notable amount of Czechs driving it. Now she has become one of the organizers of rallies, regular rallies, and a co-founder of the Voice of Ukrainian Initiative. So it's like uh, important uh, diplomacy efforts, like cultural diplomacy. Yeah, but uh, let's talk uh, about what did they do in particular. Okay, uh, they monitored advocacy events in the Czech Republic and established connections between Ukrainian organizations in the Czech Republics. And they were also cooperating with the European Congress of Ukrainians. And it is essential, as we understand, the support should stay high. The outcome of these rallies can be felt like tangible, yeah, physically or quantified. However, they can create precedents that encourage the voicing of essential topics in the informational space. You know how important it is. Yeah, and uh, at the same time, it was quite typical for many European countries, uh, like at the time, but uh, of course not only, I mean, uh, kind of not only in European countries, but uh, that trend is still uh, is still kind of relevant today. And uh, like we are telling this story be- because it takes us to a trend which will which we'll describe a bit later today. So. Uh, like her activities, uh, it resulted um, in uh, her continuous uh, cooperation with others at, at the event and led to her encountering the Ukrainian Center for Security and Cooperation founders at the, some like advocacy forum in Brussels. And uh, the center's team was uh, basically set up uh, during the Revolution of Dignity of uh, 2014. Uh, when uh, Ukraine's former president Yanukovych actually declined to sign the association agreement with the European Union and then the revolution of dignity actually started. So like like this organization, they had kind of much practice in uh, researching about hybrid uh, warfare and, uh, and Russia's economic influence on political decisions. So kind of these activities of uh, Anastasia Sinhaevska that that we're talking about uh, actually got involved here uh, with this center and she was later appointed their representative in the Czech Republic and uh, she is now doing uh, the research uh, as an expert on Russian influence and disinformation. So now they're working in Prague uh, to find out why sanctions are not so strong. And one of the latest projects is uh, connected to the family of of Russian rocket engineer Boris Abnosov. And his son-in-law and daughter, they still live in Prague. Uh, they are not under sanctions. So Anastasia and, and her colleagues, uh, they conducted an extensive information campaign. And um, she recalled that uh, like like their work is not only about going out uh, to to streets and uh, kind of stand with flags or posters. They did some research and an analysis to determine how people are put on the sanctions list, who is responsible for it, and uh, like um, how the sanctions list uh, in the Czech Republic basically 
looks like. So her activities uh, in Prague then led to her specific actions to really help Ukraine and also to help uh, some European countries uh, in particular uh, find, uh, actually find and then fight uh, Russia's influence in their countries. So uh, obviously we'll post this story in the description of the episode that uh, that you can get more details of this particular story. And uh, let me start another story, another example, another like, solutions from Ukraine. Anastasia Sechova established the Ukrainian agency UGEN here, like in Ukraine, uh, seven years ago, intending uh, with a goal to assist young Ukrainians with job opportunities. And today, this HR brand is connected with nearly 40,000 boys and girls and works in partnership with over 40 companies. Not to mention that despite the difficulties created by the outbreak of the full-scale war, the agency uh, remains dedicated to its work and continue uh, their functions. Yeah. So it is like another interesting example of uh, a bit a bit different, of course, initiative, but uh, uh, let's talk more about how does this initiative succeed in involving uh, kind of Ukrainian youth in uh, their projects. Uh, was it challenging to start operations amid the full-scale war for them? Yeah, and the story also uh, showcased a trend because like once a full-scale war broke out, Anastasia Sichova and her children lived under occupation in Kiev region. Uh, and within a few days of uh, after February 24, all communication in the village has ceased functioning. Uh, and after three weeks of being occupied, the family could leave to Kiev to relocate in, in Kiev. They uh, then then uh, they traveled to Poland and eventually ended up in the Netherlands. And during that period, her team shared valuable content with their audience, covering top- topics such as where to find uh, psychological support and how to donate effectively. Uh, by the fall of 2022, they were again fully immersed uh, in their project. And uh, at that time, Anastasia and her two children had already settled in the Netherlands, uh, but organization in general uh, continued to assist uh, companies in attracting young individuals to internship and guided them in developing their personal brand um, for the target audience of 18 plus, especially students, you know. It is, again, timely and uh, important um, initiative, you know. Yeah, um, and basically that's it for today. We will post also this story uh, online in the description uh, as well. Um, obviously, there will be more stories like that. You can uh, Google right now. Uh, the project is called Voices of Ukrainian Women Abroad. So uh, as for now, we we have uh, just several of them, but later it will be more. Yeah, yeah, we will post them regularly. Uh, so we even launch uh, it as special project because we want to emphasize on such good examples. 
Well, uh, that's it. We are uh, actually finalizing this format. As we mentioned at the beginning of this episode, we will reformat our podcast a bit. And um, in particular, uh, it will be, uh, as for now, in the form of discussions uh, at the online events, uh, which we uh, really expect uh, you to attend and ask us questions uh, and uh, and also remember that uh, at our online events you can uh, have uh, some gifts from us so we really want a find solution together and uh, we have already arranged two discussions on the role of, um, of foreign media in the war and uh, also uh, we have uh, discussed Ukrainians abroad. There were interesting thoughts, which is why we want solutions from Ukraine to be born in the discussions, like these public talks. So uh, we really ask you to continue continue following our our pages and also join us at Patreon to get alerts about planned events first and uh, also to participate in it. We would like to ask you follow Rubrika and subscribe to social network because Rubrika is the first Ukrainian media in solution journalism approach and we always try to find solution. Even now, amid the full-scale war, there is our mission. Yeah, so you can find more episodes of our podcast at rubrika.com or your favorite podcast provider. So, Solutions from Ukraine completes uh, its first season and um, we really hope to hear from you now, like in our second uh, season, so let's stay in touch. We will be back soon.